Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. lesson of Rx for the soul. We talked about depression. Everybody say depression. Then we talked about the battle that's in the mind. We talked about that. And then last week we talked about stress. We talked about how to get rid of stress. And I was so stressed preaching that sermon because we had to get out for the kids. I got more stress preaching on stress than a man needs to have in his life. But I got, I got free of it when I got out there and got me a root beer float or whatever we had last Sunday, last Wednesday. It was good. But we're talking tonight on the last part of this, and I'm going I'm 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 to approach the subject of loneliness. Not aloneness, there's a difference. There's a difference in being alone and being lonely. And I'm going to talk about loneliness tonight, and I want, I want God to help us. And I, I don't know, I really don't know if I am qualified really to talk and to tackle this, but I want to I attempt to tonight. I want to attempt to tackle and to touch on loneliness to your spirit and to your heart. Celine Dion did a classic song a few years ago entitled... All by myself. The lyrics themselves are haunting. And here's just part of that song. Living alone, I think of all the friends I've known. And when I dial the telephone, nobody's home. All by myself, I don't want to be all by myself anymore. One of the greatest men that affected the lives of most of us baby boomers was a man named Elvis Presley who was the king of rock and roll. And he sang a famous song, Are You Lonesome Tonight? And apparently he was. For just before he died, he wrote a note on these words. I feel so alone sometimes. The night is quiet for me. I'd love to be able to sleep, but I'll probably not rest tonight. I have no need for all of this. And then his final three words were, Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. 22% of all Americans ate dinner alone last night. The Gallup poll recently stated that 3 out of 10 Americans are lonely. A study by the American Council of Life Insurance reported that the loneliest group in America are college students. Isn't that amazing? I can relate to that. Because one of the most difficult nights I ever spent in my life was my first night at college away from home when I was 19. For the place that I went, they asked me where I wanted to stay, and I didn't have any money, and I was just a kid, and I was working my way through school, and I didn't get any loans. I just worked and went to college. They put me in the the back of the church in a Sunday school room. Not only was I lonesome, I was scared out of my wits. (laughs) This is a church that I never have had problems in, but a lot of churches, when the lights go out and people leave, mmm. You don't want to be there. I can remember taking butter knives and sticking them in the door all the way down the door. Of course, all I had to do was kick the door and the the frame would have come off. But I thought I was protected by the butter knives in the door. But I was so lonely and I was so, so blue that night, I cried myself to sleep. The first thing God ever said that was not good about earth in the Bible was loneliness. He said in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, I got it on the screen in the NIV. He said, it's not good 
for man to dwell alone. Sigmund Freud once told the story of a schoolboy who was expelled from school for misbehavior. And he, he stood outside the classroom and threw pebbles, little rocks against the window. And finally the principal went outside and confronted the boy and said, Son, what are you throwing pebbles against the window for? And the little boy said, I just wanted everyone to know that I'm still here. You know what? We all carry pebbles in our pockets because we all want people to know that we're still here. I read something recently that grew out of discussions with people in alcoholic rehabilitation programs. It deals with loneliness and and emotion. The well-known American psychiatrist Henry Sullivan, her Harry Sullivan used to say, was the only motivating force in people stronger than anxiety that could move them toward facing the possibility of pain and of growth. People have used many different symbols or figures of speech to express their loneliness. One man spoke of his loneliness in this alcoholic rehab place as a wall that he realizes he's built around himself to keep people away from him. And part of the wall is carefully constructed in concrete and reinforced with steel. That's deliberate. That's a part of loneliness that is planned, a way of life that will allow no one to get close to him. But other parts of the wall were constructed frantically in haste out of whatever he could find, like scrap lumber, like barbed wire, whatever. And when it seemed as though someone was getting close to him, he had to keep them away. And as this man described his wall, he said that now he was looking for a way to build a gate in the wall. He was tired of the isolation. He was tired of the loneliness. One person in this rehab place said he lived in kind of a cave. He would come out of the cave occasionally, but when other people approached him, he retreated to safety back into the darkness of his cave. And his struggle was leaving the cave and living in a world of people. Another person felt that he was always wearing a suit of armor or something on him. And only when he was thus protected did he dare walk among people because he mingled with them, but he was not really with them and tried to find courage to remove the armor that isolated him from people. Wow. Another person described himself as a porcupine, protected by barbs of hostility. When someone would try to get close to him, he would drive them away by some hostile, offensive barb, not wanting to do it. But people use so many symbols to express their feelings of estrangement and loneliness in this alcoholic rehab place, and they're common. Perhaps the ultimate expression of loneliness is hell, which theologians have described in terms of being separated from God. I'm going to talk about that in a little while, separated from God. Hell is the most vivid way of describing the feelings of loneliness and separation that we often feel from God and other people, even from our own selves. I put up on the board, and you might want to write some of this down if it means anything to you. If not, just listen to me as I try to get to a place where I can start driving some points home. I'll be there in a moment. There are many different kinds of loneliness. There's what I call frightened loneliness. That's anyone who gets close to me, I I will be swallowed up and destroyed. I feel inadequate to be with people, so I'm frightened of people, so I have a frightened loneliness. And then there is what we call guilty loneliness. If you really knew me, you wouldn't like me. You'd turn me away. There's a lot of people that have guilty loneliness. Then there's despairing loneliness. There's despairing loneliness. No matter how hard I try, I will never, ever succeed. I'll never be able to be loved or to love in my life. 
And then there's proud loneliness. I'm talking to somebody right now. It will not take the first step. It demands something from somebody else first, a gesture of humility, a gesture of obedience, an apology, whatever. But I will not make the first move. They'll make the first move. But the good book says in Proverbs 18, 24, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. Say amen to that. No matter what kind of loneliness you're fighting, you've got, to, you've got to be friendly if you're ever going to have friends in your life. Or again, there's what I call an angry loneliness in which a person has been so hurt by life that all he can think of is hitting back, hurting back, like the porcupine that throws his barbs. You may feel like something that's not even listed here. There's so many. There's so many things that can come against you. You can be angry and you want to get lonely. You can be frightened. You can feel guilty. You can be despaired. You can be proud. Whatever it is, it's not the will of God for man to dwell alone. God Almighty said it. The only thing he found wrong with the earth in the beginning was it's not good for man to dwell alone. And in fact, when Adam was given all the animals to name in the Genesis and all the animals came by and he saw a bull and he saw a cow. And he saw a ram and he saw a ewe. And he saw the male and female version of all the things and all the species of life. He never found anything that he could call a helpmate. And so when he had named all the animals, he realized that he did not have somebody beside him who was his helpmate. And he realized that he was by himself. And God said it's not good for man to dwell alone. And I'm still telling you today, God battled loneliness in the garden because he put a deep sleep on him. And when he woke up, there was a a wife, a helpmate there beside him. And he's still battling loneliness today because Almighty God wants you to have fellowship, not only with people around you, but he wants you to have fellowship with him. He wants you to have fellowship with people around you, but he wants you to have fellowship with him. And we're here tonight. That's why we have church. That's why we have worship. That's why somebody meets you at the door. That's why somebody says it's good to see you. Because God loves you to be in his house. David said one thing if I desired of the Lord. And that will I seek after. That I may dwell in his house all the days of my life. There's something beautiful about coming to church. Can you say amen to that? Something beautiful about church. So I, I, I wrote a couple of things that contribute to loneliness. One of them is what I call a moving away from, a process of moving away from, moving away from. We move away from things of the past, leaving that behind to move on to the present, to the future. But to move on means to separate oneself from the past and all that it embraces and to let go. And this involves a kind of loneliness. I don't care. I don't care what your past was. When you walk away from it, there is a sense and a touch of loneliness in a lot of that. Because you look back and think, what could have been if I would have made the right choices? And the loneliness that comes upon us many times is an unbearable loneliness. And then there's a loneliness that results from death. A loved one dies. As many of us here have experienced and we are left alone. Friendships die when friends move or things become complicated between people. Friendships die or marriages die. And the isolation of being by yourself when you were with somebody else can almost be overwhelming. Or dreams die when they cannot be fulfilled. And the loneliness that results has very little to do with whether we are with people or whether we're not with people. Because you can be in a crowded room and have things die in your life and be as lonely as anybody by themselves. 
I'm not talking about being alone. I'm talking about being lonely. My dream tonight, my goal tonight in this service, I promise you, is to have heaven come down and glory touch this place. And I want you to walk out of here, no matter if you're by yourself on the job tomorrow, no matter if you're by yourself in school in next two weeks, no matter if you're the only one standing for God wherever you are, you'll never feel alone anymore. You'll never feel, you'll never feel by yourself anymore. You'll never feel lonely anymore. You'll never feel like, oh, I can't make this. I believe with all my heart that God's spirit that dwells in this house can walk with you anywhere you go and take you through any situation and bring you out of that situation and cause you to have the victory in your life because he wants to deal with your loneliness. Say amen to that. He wants to deal with it. We can look at it from another perspective too. Stay with me just a moment. In the process of growing up, There's a process, the first kind of closeness or communion that a person experiences is that of being dependent upon someone else. You know what I'm talking about, an infant with his mother, a child with his parents. And we get used to that, that feeling of leaning on somebody else. And even when you get older, when you're 55 years old, you can still pick up the phone and call your dad. It's a pretty good feeling. You can still talk to your mom. It's a pretty good feeling. But in the process of maturing, we realize that being dependent is not really kind of the closeness that we want. So we struggle to become independent. Now stay with me. And to stand on our own two feet. It's easy for us then to feel that the alternate to being dependent as a child is to be completely independent, detached, and self-sufficient. And it's very easy for us to find ourselves caught in one of the other of these two extremes, either very dependent or trying to be very independent. And both of them can lead to some of the loneliest times in your life. On the one hand, we may look for people to be dependent on whom we can lean on and who will be, take care of us, but there's a price to pay. For we're not the people in our own right, and we don't have feet of our own in which to stand. And on the other hand, we may find ourselves completely independent, self-sufficient, detached, successful, where we need no one. In some ways, this is the American image of what men ought to be like. But the price we pay for this is many times the abysmal loneliness, and it feels very, very empty. Personally, I stand here tonight, having been a part of some things in my life that I'm no longer a part of in my life. And many times, many times, I want to pick up the phone and make a particular call, and I realize that the call will not be answered with the same fervor as it used to be answered with. I want to pick up the phone and say, hey, is everything all right over there? Are you doing okay? It's amazing how many times when you are involved in something and a part of a particular thing, and then all of a sudden you're not no longer involved in that, how lonely it can become and how alone you can feel in the world. And so I'm understanding this. On both sides, there's complications on both sides. It gets heavy sometimes when you feel like you have to have a particular thing. And it gets heavy sometimes when you don't have those things that you used to have in your life. You know what I'm talking about. But I'm preaching to you tonight because part of the difficulty is the simple fact that God has created us to be social beings. He came every day, every day. In the cool of the garden. And he walked with Adam. And he walked with Eve. And the Bible said they were naked and unashamed. 
They walked with God in their innocence. They walked with God and talked with God in their innocence. And then sin separated from them from God. And God came calling and Adam and Eve hid from the presence of God. Oh, let me preach right now. It does not matter what you trip up on. It does not matter what you fall over. It does not matter what brings you down with your face in the dust. You hear me. We have, we have a redemption. We have a father. We have a savior that we can call on and say, I need help. I need to repent. I need to fix my heart again because I don't want to fight this thing by myself. And I promise you, we have a mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, who will take our sins and remit them for us because his blood still cleanses from all sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at me when I preach to you right now. I'm fixing to put my glasses on. I'm tired of the devil whipping some of our people. I'm tired of the enemy coming against you and saying, you're by yourself. No, 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 no. No, I'm not. I've got a savior that cannot lie. And I've got a demon after me that is the father of all lies. So who am I going to believe when that voice whispers and says, God's not for you. I'm going to believe the one that cannot lie. I'm not going to believe the father of lies. Because I know without a shadow of a doubt that I'm going to make mistakes. But my mistakes are not going to separate me from God Almighty. I'm going to fall on my face. I'm going to repent of my sins. I'm going to put it under the blood. And I'm going to come back to church. And I'm not going to be lonely. I'm going to be in basic contact with the Savior. I'm going to be in social contact with my friends. I'm going to love God with everything that's in my heart. And I'm going to worship Him because I am not going to be lonely. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Say, uh-uh. It ain't going to happen. Take a pill of that right there. It'll help you. That's Rx for the soul right there. One man said it this way. You have made us for yourself, O Lord. And our hearts are restless until they come to rest in you. Woo! The corollary of this is true also. You have made us for one another. And our hearts are restless until they find satisfying relationships with other people as well as with you. Everybody say two things. I need you, God. I need you, church. Let's say it again. I need you, God. I need you, church. Say it again. I need you, God. Clap for him. Now, say, I need you, church. Clap for the church. Vertical, horizontal. It's about the cross. Come on, that's what it's about. You need to stay close to the cross of Jesus Christ. There's nothing, there's nothing, nothing like the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Oh, nothing but the blood of what can make me whole again. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow. That makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing, 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 nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not only does his blood remit, but his love covers. 
Did you hear that? Not only does his blood remit, his, his love covers. I got so much on my plate. I tell you what, I just might as well go on and just hide in the woods. No, you're not going to go hide in the woods. You're going to come on to church. You're going to love God because his blood still forgives and his love still covers. God has put us within, put within us a need for people. To a large extent, the sense of fulfillment we find in life is found through our close relationship with other people. Barbara Streisand sang a song, people who need people are the luckiest people in the world. So we look desperately for some way to deal with our unhappiness. Several years ago, this cute little story, there was a television show called The Twilight Zone. Anybody ever see that? That's when you had black and white TVs. I'm busy. <laughs> Sherry, don't take any calls from me. I'm busy. It showed a fella who was very lonely, disgruntled, who had somehow discovered a magical power of concentration. This was the twilight zone. And as the show developed, it showed him experiment with the power of concentration. And he found that he could concentrate into existence or out of existence anything he wanted. That'd be nice. It's kind of like I dreamed of Jenny. Or bewitched, whatever her name is. So he set out to apply this power to his miserably unhappy life. And his problem was that he just couldn't live with people. So he concentrated them all away. And he left only himself in the whole world. Twilight zone. It's not true. But after living for one day like this, he found himself even more unhappy and lonely, so he concentrated everybody back. But this time, they were not individual people, but they were all reproductions of himself. Little narcissism. And he figured that if everyone were like him, all his problems would be solved. But after living this way for a day, he found out that it was even worse. In effect, he couldn't live with himself. So in the end, he concentrated everybody back like they were to begin with and continued to struggle with his own feelings of fear and loneliness. He knew that he couldn't live with people, but he found out he couldn't live without people either. So if you're going to decide on which way to go, you might ought to choose living with them. It's a whole lot better learning how to live with people than it is living without people. I don't care what Henry David Thoreau did on Walden Pond and all this by himself business. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He probably lost his mind in the end anyhow. But I'm telling you, we need people in our life. It's a joy to see you on Wednesday night. I'd rather preach to you than a pew any day of the week. When I was a young preacher, I used to go practice in churches and just preach to pews. And I'd stand up there and I'd say, listen, I got something for you today. And nobody said Amen. I'm coming at you today in the name of the Lord. And nobody said amen. Nobody got on their feet. Nobody clapped their hands. And I didn't like that kind of church. But when I'd get up and preach that night, that same sermon, I didn't have the same freedom that I felt preaching to empty pews. But now I feel bound preaching to pews and I feel good preaching to y'all. Because I've discovered something in my life. This is healthy for us. Church is a healthy place for you. Church is a healthy place for your kids. Church is a healthy place. I'm not talking about germ-wise. We got germs. We've got problems here. You know, we do. We got problems. I, 
I wouldn't want to drink after you. I wouldn't want us to do communion all with the same cup. If we did, I want to do it first. I'm not talking about, I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm not a germaphobe, but I'm not talking about germs. I'm just talking about we need each other. We need each other. This is a healthy place to be. Church is an awesome place to be. Church is a wonderful place to be. And if you come for the right reason, it'll take you to a place you want to go to someday. Church is an awesome place. Church is a glorious place. I love my church. Come on. I love my church. I'm not going to separate myself from church. I'm going to be in the house of God. I'm going to be in the house of God. This is where I want to be. And while I'm at it, I'm just going to go ahead and handle it. I'm not a game player. I'm just what you see is what you get. What you see is what you get. The reason my my sleeves aren't buttoned, they're too tight to be buttoned, so I just let them go tonight. (laughs) I'm like Papa. I am what I am, and I like it. So I, I, not, I don't mean, I, don't, I, don't, I, I, like, I like football games, I like basketball games. I'm not talking about those kind of games. I'm talking about games people play. Let me tell you something. Don't, don't do this stuff because the church, is, the church has got over 2,500 members. Don't do this stuff of saying, I'm going to stay away and see if they miss me. And if they don't call, I know they don't miss me. Folks, don't do that to us. Because people move during the summer. People go on vacation during the summer. Hey, the best thing you can do is get your hide up and get yourself dressed and put a little spray on or put a little cologne on or whatever and come on to the house of the Lord. We love you here. We don't want to play games with you. We love you in the house. And if I do see you missing, I'm going to send you a card. But I may miss you. But if I miss you, that don't mean I don't love you. If I miss you, that doesn't mean that we don't care for you. Get yourself up and come on to the house. This is a healthy place to be. It's a great place to be. It's a wonderful place to be. Come on, clap your hands and say, I'm glad I'm here tonight. I'm glad I'm here tonight. I'm in church. I'm in church. It's a healthy place. It's a healthy place. It's a great place. Look at your neighbor there and say, wow, you look good. Don't lie. May I offer some advice? I'm not far from finishing. God addressed lonely in Genesis, and he's still addressing lonely today. You may feel lonely tonight, but you shouldn't feel afraid. Don't feel afraid. If God is with us, we have an antidote to loneliness and a balm for pain. If God's with us. I know people sometimes say, if we are lonely, it's our own fault. But deep within us, we know that it's not that simple. And I put on the screen, I'm going to read it, you're going to read it up there. I think many times, put it up. I think many times we expect others to meet needs in our lives that only Jesus Christ can meet. There are certain spiritual needs in our lives. Number one, being a relationship with God that made you. And no one else can meet that because it is too deep and too strong. Many times what we call loneliness is really homesickness for God. And it's not just recognized and it's, not, and it's just not recognized as such. What I'm trying to tell you. Sometimes you think you're all alone and you're feeling, you're feeling lonely. It may not be that. It may be that God wants you to go to another level. 
God puts that loneliness in your spirit and says, would you come after me? Would you seek after me? Would you follow after me? And if you'll follow after him, you'll find that there's a happiness and a joy that you cannot contain because God don't want you to stay where he found you five years ago. Six years ago, he wants you to be climbing. He wants you to go forward. He wants you to go upward. He wants you to go onward because God don't want you to remain where you were. He wants to change you from glory to glory to glory because that's God's way in your life. See, I don't want to be the preacher two years from now that I am now. I want to be a better preacher. I don't want you to be the saint you are two years from now. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want you to be the same saint two years from now that you are now. you got to have a plan in your life. And sometimes that lonely feeling, that aloneness, that lonely feeling is that God saying, why don't you come on? Come on out of that. Come on out of that situation. Come on out of that particular ideology. Come on out and find relationship with me. And I'll show you how I can handle what you thought was loneliness. You can have a relationship with me. So I see God's with us, and that, that's what we're assured of. David said, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I send up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil, for thou art with me. I'm persuaded, Paul said, that nothing can separate me and us from the love of Christ. Do you believe those three scriptures? Do you believe if you soar, he's there? If you make your bed in hell, he's there? Do you believe that though you walk through the valley, the shadow of death, you don't have to fear any evil for he's with? Oh, I could, I could do a dance right now. I could do a dance right now. Do you believe that God's with you? I am persuaded that nothing, 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 nothing can separate us. God is with us, but it doesn't take away the loneliness. God is with us. But what he does in our lonely times, he gives us courage and he gives us faith. Courage in spite of our loneliness. Courage to risk reaching out to people, though we get rejected. Courage to endure the solitude in spite of the fear. That's courage. And we're given faith. Faith that keeps saying, keep on trying. Keep on investing in courage. Keep on seeking closeness with God. But at the same time, not despise your solitude. Just because you're by yourself don't mean you have to be lonely. God's with you. In fact, when I get ready to study, I shut my office. I close away everybody else. It's very rare. I'll answer the phone. If I don't recognize the number, I just won't do it because I want to get alone with God. That doesn't mean I'm lonely. It means I want to get with him because he's bringing me to another level. Amen. How many of you, and, and, and don't, have, don't raise your hand, but how many of you have a closet of prayer? How many of you have a closet? Just, do you have a place kind of beside the kitchen or do you have a place in the garage? Do you have a place where you can just go when you just feel like just saying, God, I need you. God, I love you. Do you have a place like that? Boy, it would be great if you did, even if it's in your car. But be careful at the stop signs and the red lights. Because <laughs> you can get carried away in the spirit of the Lord. Amen. Amen. John was on the Isle of Patmos and got carried away one day, and he thought he was in heaven. But he was. <laughs> Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Do you have a place like that? If you can find a place like that, it may be down, about, down with an old sawed-off tree stump somewhere. I preached for a man years ago that had a, an old tree stump out in the country, and he said, son, I want to tell you where I've found a lot of sermons. And he went, and that stump fit him just perfect. He'd kneel down in that stump. He'd just put his arms like this on that stump and just absolutely have a conversation with deity. And I knelt down there. He said, don't get too comfortable there. That's not your stump. That's mine. <laughs> I still love him. I still love him. 
He's awesome. He's the one that told me, told me one time, he said, if you're going to preach, preach stem winders. Don't preach something that makes people go to sleep. Keep them awake. And that's the first time I ever heard the word stem winder in my life. Stem winder. What does that mean? Well, you got to wind the clock so the clock will keep ticking. You got to keep preaching. And one day he told me, he said, son, I'm just telling you this. It don't have anything to do with what I'm preaching. So he told me one day, I said, did you preach good tonight, Brother Mac? Brother Mac Manis was here. He said, oh, I leaned them tonight. So what do you mean by that? He said, they couldn't even stand up. The word was so good, it just leaned them. I love people like that. I love people like that. I want to be around people like that. I want to be with people like that. I don't want to be with people say, ah, the church, on the church. I want to be with people say, woo, we had church on Sunday. We had church on Wednesday night. You need to be in the house of the Lord. You need to have relationship with deity, and you need to have relationship with the people of God. Say amen to it. God is with us in our loneliness, and we're given courage. Everybody say courage, Courage. and we're given faith. But to learn and to grow, we need courage, we need faith, and I'm almost done. God knows what loneliness is. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, experienced loneliness. Jesus Christ himself experienced it many, many times. In the Garden of Gethsemane, our Lord hungered for the support and companionship of three of his closest friends while he prayed, but while he prayed, they slept. He was alone. Then there was loneliness of the 40 days in the wilderness. Then the loneliness of the cross, and with the desolate cry, he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Why are you not with me? Finally, there was the loneliness of death. Yeah. Jesus Christ knew what loneliness was. And this God who walks with us in our loneliness as we search for ways to build a gate in the wall to emerge from our cave, to take off our suit of armor and to lay down the barbs of hostility. That God, that God is with us. That's why they called him Emmanuel. He is with us. Oh, I love what Mitch said tonight. If we knew that God looked like Brother Don, then we'd have a face on him. But we don't see him. We haven't seen him. And I think one of the greatest things of the trust of God is the fact that we don't see him, yet we believe. He told Thomas, he said, Thomas, you see me, boy. But blessed is he that hath not seen and yet still believes. I got to ask you something. Do you believe that the Lord is as close as your hand is in the air to him right now? He's close. And when you believe that, when you believe that, you hold on to that. You never let that go. Because it doesn't matter how alone you get, you'll never be lonely. Because he's going to be with you even to the end. So we can endure as seeing him who is invisible. So don't despair your loneliness. Don't despise yourself when you're lonely. Jesus experienced it. There's nothing wrong with you that God and friendship can't help. And don't think there's something wrong with us for being lonely. It's a lot easier to let the Lord come in and, or a friend call you and bring you back to the joy of life when you recognize, you know what? I'm lonely. But I'm going to be all right because I've got friends. Because I have the Lord in my life. Don't play games with God or your church. Come on to church. 
there's nothing like the presence of God in the house of God. An old Scottish woman who was alone, Brother Randy, if you'll help me, an old Scottish woman who was alone the greater part of a day was asked, what do you do during the day? She said, well, I get my hymn book out, have a little hymn of praise to the Lord. Then I get my Bible out and I let the Lord speak to me. And when I'm tired of reading and I cannot sing anymore, I just sit still and let the Lord put his arms around me and love me. We used to go to church in Littlefield, Texas. I wasn't going to tell this story, but I, I was going to save it, but I'm going to tell it. We used to go to church in Littlefield, Texas. Littlefield. I guess because the fields were little. I don't know. <laughs> level land, I guess because the land was level. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why they name them. Spade, I guess because somebody used a spade in a garden. I don't know. We used to pick this woman up. There was... There were seven people that went to our church. The pastor, his wife, my, my mother, my daddy, my brother, myself. And we picked up one old lady, elderly lady. She was so precious. And she always liked to sit by me in the back seat. Because my brother was bigger and I, he never would let me sit by the door. She is always patting my leg. Mess with me. It messed with me. How's little Rexy doing? How you doing, little Rexy? I love you. I love you. She never told my brother that. She just told me that. And it was almost like she was an Anna or something. She was just, she was unbelievable. It was like Anna in the temple, you know. She was just a prophetess. She could just, man, she said stuff. She told me one day going to church, you're going to preach. She never told Eddie that. He didn't. But I'm trying. She told me one day, she said, life won't always be easy for you. But understand something, God's always with you. Wow. How does that mess with a seven-year-old boy while you're getting patted on the leg by a little old withered hand? I didn't quite get it. I didn't quite follow it. But she had such an impression on my life, I can't forget how she handled situations. She used, to, she used to tap my mom and daddy on the shoulder. She said, y'all are raising some wonderful boys back here. And that's when Eddie would say amen. He got included. But if he'd have sat by her, maybe she'd have prophesied over him. But I look back at her now. I look back at that. She was all alone. She was by herself all the time. She didn't have anybody. And the phone system was a, was a big general phone system it was two shorts and two longs or whatever she used to pick up the phone when it would even ring her number she said hello I just want to talk to somebody she's that kind of woman no private lines in those days but she just she never she never was lonely she might have been alone but she never was lonely I love to hug, hug Orville Orville's neck Brother Orville Monroe, I love to hug his neck. I love him. I know he's by himself in that nursing home. I know he's by himself. But he's not lonely. Every time he walks in the door, he said, I prayed for you all day long. So he's talking to God all day long. 
even if you're by yourself, you don't have to, you don't have to be lonely. God uses the elderly. God uses people of all ages. If there's some young people in this room tonight that didn't go upstairs and you're saying, I didn't go upstairs because I don't feel like I fit. You do fit. Your family may be divided, but you do fit. You do fit in the kingdom of God. Don't let aloneness become loneliness. Allow yourself to understand that God is I'm done. I had another story that was a humdinger, but I'm going to save it. Because I told the story of little old Sister Jones. What a precious lady. Would you stand to your feet? You're awesome people. You're awesome people. Prescription for the soul. Everybody say, Lord. I'm not going to be overwhelmed. I will not, I will not let depression whip me. Lord, keep my mind on you. Let my mind be stayed on you and not on other things. Because my mind, I'm going to win the battle right here. Everybody say, Lord, help me to chill and not stress and fall in love with you all over again. And Lord, even if I'm all alone, don't let me feel lonely. Wow. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Wow. It's been a blessed month, folks. I hate to see July leave us. I hate to see July leave us. I've enjoyed July. I've enjoyed being with you. I was going to start my diet in July. <laughs> laugh on, children, laugh on. But I didn't. I'm starting it tomorrow. I've been inspired. God has spoken to me and said, August. <laughs> August is the month. And as I get to about the 25th of August, he'll say, September. Because <laughs> God just keeps giving us second chances. Do you love the Lord? Yeah. Be glad you're in church tonight. Yeah. Wow. Come on, clap your hands. It's a beautiful night. It's still early. It's a beautiful night. It's a beautiful night. Amen. Amen. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.